in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Hour. This is Mitch Mo. And this is Dallin. Guys, welcome on in. Mitch, it's a beautiful time of the year. Hey, 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 wait. D- did you notice? Uh, what I, do you mean? I, I put the pauses back in. You did You did do the dramatic pause. I'm going to nitpick here, though, with another thing. You used Uh-oh. to say another episode of the Sports Hour. You used to say welcome back to uh... another. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you're just mixing it up. It's fine. It's going in my notes. I kind of miss it's it. It's going though. in my notes. Because this yeah. is another episode of the Sports Hour, right? It is. Well, it, it sure is. It sh- episode 71, I believe. I, so. I believe so. Episode 71, and we're here, and it's a beautiful time, Mitch, because we had an NFL game on our TV screens last night. We had actual <laughs> yeah, NFL baby. players playing a game last night. The season is here. It is upon us, and... I'm not going to lie. I feel like it kind of snuck up, you know, with all this COVID and the no preseason and everything being so different. All of a sudden it was like we wake up and it's week one and that's that's where we're at. And uh, so we're going to talk about this game uh, that happened last night between the Chiefs and the Texans. Give a little uh, update on the NBA playoffs. And then, you know, as the sports hour tradition goes, our picks of the week. Oh, oh, oh yeah, baby! And now we got to find a punishment. Yeah, now we, we got to find a punishment. We've got to find a good one because the shaving the head was a plus, and we've got to find something I, not yeah. not that, but but close. I think loser gets a mullet. Ooh, or maybe like okay, I could do something. I I could I can do something in that realm. I could feel that like a hairstyle. Your, your wife's your wife's a hairdresser too, so like she would know. Right. Like, well, she's a and hair lady. It, but it's got to be like so for me. It's got to be a mullet, but for you, it's got to be like this fade that I have is what you've got to get. Oh, uh, so we got to get like opposite hair. Right. Like you got to get something that would make you feel uncomfortable because like a mullet would make me feel uncomfortable. Right. Because so, I like, like I've been contem- I've been contemplating getting the mullet again, so yeah. it wouldn't be uncomfortable for me. That's we- true. Okay. We yeah I'm I I I'm, I'm I I could dig this I could dig this let's let's workshop this let's come up with some with some good hairstyle and I like that the loser has to keep a hairstyle for like a month or something like that yeah let's revisit this yeah okay we got, we got sports to talk about so we do, do we it. we do we do and uh, Mitch let us uh, first off before we get into anything here Mitch uh, I do want to mention that we are recording this on Friday which is September 11th and I just want to take a second to remember and recognize the tragedy that happened 19 years ago. And it's, it's, fu- it's interesting reflecting upon it, Mitch, cause you and I, you know, with the age that we were, we were young, but not that young, y- old enough to remember, but young enough to maybe not be super impacted, I guess. But we grew up in a world that was affected by the terrorist attacks on nine 11. And uh, it's, it's important 
to reflect on, you know, what makes us American, what, uh, what's most important in life and how we as a country, uh, you know, have been able to come together at times in the past when we needed to. And, and I think the, the times that we live in today are just another example of, uh, you know, uh, us as a, as a society needing to, you know, come together and find common ground and fight together. Right. And so I just wanted to take a second to, uh, to, to remember that and to, uh, to recognize this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can even remember as young as we were and maybe not being as impacted as we were, like, uh, it seemed like the, and now looking back on it as an adult and, and you really get a sense of how unified the country was right after the attacks and, and, uh, how, how, uh, how, just how unified everyone was. And I think you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head when, uh, reflection on something like that is important in today's times to realize that we can all come together. We can all put differences aside and um, uh, be proud to be Americans. No doubt. No doubt. Well said, buddy. Uh, so let us – I've got uh, I've got a little tidbit here that I just want to share before we get in the NBA. Is that cool? Yeah. So I just saw this like very recently, and uh, I want to bring this up because I thought it was a fascinating little stat. If you're on Twitter and you don't follow ESPN stats and info, it is an incredible nugget. Uh, tonight, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays are starting nine left-handed batters against the Red Sox. They are the first team in the modern era since 1900 to start nine pure left-handed hitters in a game. That is just that is just awesome. I love that. I I saw that, man. I just don't throw any righties, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know I, if that's the if that's like a big ba- I, brain strat or that's gonna blow up. I in, hope you in have face, like but... five left-handed specialists in your bullpen, <laughs> but you know, it's, but you know, the days the left-handed specialists are pretty much behind us now with the with the three batter rule, right? But right, but yeah, that's uh, that's ballsy. I mean, everyone in that Boston bullpen. They're playing. It's Boston. They're yeah, playing they're Boston, playing. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the Rays. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone. That must be a strategy to be like, hey, they're starting a righty, and all the rested guys in their bullpens in their bullpen must be righties. Right. So let's just start all lefties, <laughs> and they want to they and, and have a heyday. And that race team is no one to joke around with. Right. So you know, yeah, they're they're killing it in the uh, in the AL right now as we uh, continue to wind towards. Uh, the postseason in Major League Baseball. We're what? Uh, we're at least forty games through, are we not? If not we're, more, we're on. We are well into the back half. Yeah. yeah. So. So I mean, we're, we're, uh, things, we're getting close to playoff baseball, baby. Right, and teams are emerging. I know the Rays and the A's. A little rhyme there. Oh uh, yeah, baby. In the uh, in the AL, playing really well. My Dodgers continuing to crush it as always. Uh, which is great to see. Now let's not blow it in the postseason and let's win a World Series. But I'm happy. I'm pretty happy. I'm telling you, Dallin, if there is a year where our both our teams can meet in a World Series, this is the year. This well, is the year we could get A's Dodgers. We could get a rematch of the '88 World Series. Right, and no, and and and, and not only would that be great, but it'd be poetic justice for the Dodgers to win their first World Series since '88 against the team they last won a World Series against. So it would just be like a lot of fun to watch them win. Oh, see, I was kind of hoping that we have like someone who's hobbled and then. Hits a home run out to right field 
and hobbles around the bases and then does the Kirk Gibson fist pump. Yeah. Fist pump. Who would that be on the modern to- day Dodgers? Who's the old guy? I don't think they have a guy like that. I'm trying to they, think. Well, they used to have Kemp uh, and stuff. When Utley was there, I could oh, see Utley doing it. Yeah, yeah, that was a very like okay, yeah. Um, A's are there's no one old in the A's. They're yeah. all young. So I mean, luckily for the Oakland A's, if they do make the World Series, and you know, you know, we still don't have fans in the stands. It's not a worry. Nobody really goes to A's games, anyways. So it won't really oh, make you, a my friend, have never been to an A's game. Series. So they, <laughs> I have been to plenty packed. A's games. Thank you, Mitch. Plenty. You, my fr- you have never been to Plenty. well, okay. What, what 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 years did you go to A's games, bro? I don't remember years. I don't even remember how old I am, Mitch. Because if you, you went in the mid two thousands, then yeah, they were probably go, no, weren't a the whole early two thousands with Mulder and Zito and Hudson. I mean, that was really yeah, good there teams. Was play, that was, yeah, places were packed. No, Miguel Tejada, Eric saying, Chavez. <laughs> I'm saying is I don't know about that man. Dodger Stadium never has an issue being full. That's all I'm saying. So. Uh, <laughs> All right, shall we? Uh, You're so full of it. Hey, remember I when we went to a do- remember you when we me. went to a Dodger game and they went bankrupt the day before we the day after we went to a game and when we were at the game they ran out of Dodger dogs. Yeah, so I'm not the only pathetic franchise out there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I see you. How do you I run see- out of Dodger dogs at a Dodger game? They're what are you talking popular. about? They're very popular food. I'm just saying. They're very bankrupt. They uh, were okay. very bankrupt. <laughs> It's all right. We got Magic now. We're good. We got Magic Johnson now. We're good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yep. Speaking of Magic Johnson, basketball. Bam! Look at that transition. Everybody just seamlessly. <laughs> we just, in, we just and in the greatest transition in <laughs> podcast history, Magic Johnson. Boom! Basketball. basketball boom! NBA playoffs. Uh, no. So let's uh, let's let's get into that, Mitch. Uh, right now, Nuggets and Clippers are currently playing. This is the second round Western semifinals. Clippers are up in the series 3-1, but right now uh, Nuggets are leading by two points, 102-100 with about a minute and a half left in the game. So Nuggets holding on to dear life. But uh, as we start with this series and we'll start in the West, Mitch, I think that this is this is a done deal. I mean, the Nuggets played seven games uh, against the Jazz had to claw back from 3-1 on the back of Jamal Murray going for 40 points. Uh, and now we're now they're at a place where they're down 3-1 again against a much better team in the Los Angeles Clippers, a team better equipped to stop them. Uh, I, I just think this is, even if they win this game, good, good on them, but I think the Clippers are rolling through this uh, and setting up uh, an LA-LA Western Conference Finals. I mean... They're just going to give the people what they want, right? They right. want an L.A.L.A. matchup. I mean, this, so, yeah, exactly. this is what we wanted all year, and it, it, there's no reason why we shouldn't have it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that – I mean, I think coming into this series, too, you just knew that this series wasn't going to even be necessarily close, even if it went six. It was going to be like tonight right now, oh, yeah, the Nuggets won by five or something like that. And it was like, oh, yeah, they eked one out. And it went six, but really the series wasn't even close. The The games that it went didn't indicate how close the series was. So, um, yeah, I think the Clippers are well on their way to taking on the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. But um, Nuggets up five right now. Minute 11 left. Yeah, and, and, and regardless, an admirable run for the Nuggets, who, like I said, were down 3-1 against the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell looked like he was unstoppable. That team was rolling, and they fought back and clawed back and won that series uh, to make it to this round. And 
they're obviously fighting here in game uh, five for a chance to stay alive, and we'll see what they do. I mean, maybe we shouldn't doubt them, right? They came back from 3-1 before. Well, I mean, the Jazz kind of collapsed a little bit. Yes. I mean, I mean, I think the Nuggets got some help there. So, I really, we should be seeing a Clippers-Jazz series, and that's way closer than Clippers-Nuggets, in my opinion. So I would agree. I, I think the Nuggets got some help even getting here, but, you know. That's just one man's opinion, Dallin. Yeah, and we'll update you as this game ends here. We'll probably, um, we'll definitely still be recording, uh, so we'll update you when we see that. But uh, so speaking of the other uh, Western Conference matchup, the Lakers uh, win last night over the Rockets to go up 3-1 themselves. They'll play Saturday night for a chance to close out their series uh, and move on to the Western Conference Finals. It seems like at this point, Mitch, having watched this series, that the Rockets are just are just done. They, they couldn't shoot worth a lick. They are getting just absolutely bullied down low, out-rebounded, out-manned by Anthony Davis. And uh, I've said this before, Mitch, and I will say this again. There is no team and no nobody in the NBA that can stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James when they're at their best. Those are two of the best probably five players in the NBA, in my opinion. And when you put those two together, there's no other pair that can compare. So I for the Rockets, it's like valiant effort, Westbrook, Harden, fine, but Westbrook has definitely struggled, Harden has definitely struggled, and then after that, when you're relying on guys like Eric Gordon and Covington and P.J. Tucker, that's just not, that's not the formula to win, uh, in my opinion, especially against this Lakers team. So I, I expect the Lakers to also close it out. Uh, on Saturday night, and even if they don't win it in five, they win it in six. I think that I, I think the series is over, and uh, and both of these LA teams are gearing up for a matchup that would. This is one of the travesties of the coronavirus is not getting this game seven games in Staples Center, just never leaving the stadium, switching the court back and forth. Like that would have just been that would have just been so much fun. That would have been a blast. I mean, but and we've never seen anything. We've never seen a series like that where the teams didn't even travel. They just stayed in the same place and said played. It. I guess we're seeing it now well, in the bubble, right? But I mean, other than that, uh, it would have, have been we'll it have, would have been pretty crazy. We could have the opportunity to see that next year. So that no doubt. Be, so we'll we'll just hang tight on that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, things can't change too much, right? I feel like I just jinxed it by saying that, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, and you're, you're completely right. I mean, when Russ's not playing well, James Harden's not playing well. And then you, you have guys filling in like PJ Tucker, um, for 33 minutes, zero points, zero assists and three rebounds. That's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a word worse than disgusting that I could use for that stat line (laughs) for 33 minutes. Yeah. 33 minutes on the court, and that was a stat line. I right, mean, and if you're there to a, stop Anthony Davis, you better look at Anthony Davis' box score because that dude didn't do – I mean, he didn't do that. It wasn't like that's he just played defense. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, this this is a wrap. This is a wrap. It'll be over – was that tomorrow night they play? Yeah, Saturday night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so. So. I mean, we'll see, and just maybe a quick thought. Uh, I mean, we'll get more into this. Uh, the next pod is that series maybe officially begins. But if it is Lakers and Clippers, what are your just early thoughts on that? That's going to be super competitive. Um, it's going to be pretty – it's going to be a battle. I'm, I'm trying to 
I'm taking the Lakers in seven, I think, in that series. But this is going to be a serious battle um, between just who can have the best five out on the court at the right time. I think there's going to be huge runs taken when guys are when certain guys are off the court, and so I think uh, you're going to see a very strategic uh, type of substitution play. Um, very two very talented teams, but this. That's going to be a very intriguing series. I'm going to take the Lakers in seven, though, if that's the matchup. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm favoring the Lakers. I, I believe in the Lakers this year. I think they're destined to win this thing. Uh, and I you just look at the matchup, too. Uh, you know, when you're relying on uh, Montrez Harrell, probably, maybe a little bit of Zubac to, like, stop Anthony Davis. I'm just, I'm just not, like, Tre- Trez Harrell is a great player, but he's undersized for guarding... Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis what what Trez has to his advantage is his physicality and his because he's a little bit smaller he's a little faster he can get in front of guys but AD is extremely agile extremely quick for a big man so that kind of takes away that advantage that Harold would have defensively so I I I think it's a tough matchup uh, for the Clippers to to handle Anthony Davis now LeBron you know, you've got Kawhi, you've got PG, throw a little Pat Bev on him, and, 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 and you could probably disrupt a lot of what he wants to do, but they're going to have to stop both those guys. And, and if Anthony Davis can feast, that'll open everybody up, including LeBron, and and that's going to be a tough situation for the Clippers. So, I, I mean, I, w- I would take the Lakers, but we'll, we'll, g- we'll give official, you know, I guess thoughts and predictions on that uh, if and when the series uh, officially begins. Uh, but Mitch, let's uh, let's bounce back over to the Eastern Conference. Then let's start with the the one team already through to the next round, the Miami Heat, who uh, they beat the Bucks. They they beat Giannis and the Bucks in five games. And I said this. I said that the Heat would upset Milwaukee, and I tweeted out that it would be in seven. And that was a little bold. And it turns out that I wasn't bold enough. <laughs> like, picking the Heat to beat MVP slash Defensive Player of the Year Giannis in an all-time regular season team was not bold enough to say seven games. I should have said five. So Miami moves on, handles this Milwaukee team. Mitch, let's start on the Milwaukee side of things. Uh, how big of a disappointment is this? And where does this team go from here now two years in a row failing to reach uh, the NBA Finals with Giannis as MVP? I'm, I'm sorry. I totally spaced out there. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> I was going to let you actually have your moment to gloat and just go for it. That was my moment. I, uh, oh, yeah. okay. But uh, what was what was your, what was your question again? Um, I, I, I just it. I basically asked what uh, – what what were your thoughts on the Bucks disappointment and where do they go uh, from here? Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, look, my thoughts on the Bucks are uh, extremely disappointing. Um, this was this team was destined, man, and then you find out, oh, there are teams out there that are built to beat the Bucks. There are teams that are built to stop basically one man wrecking crews with complementary pieces around them. Um, we talked about how Richard Jefferson last week was calling uh, Giannis a Scotty, and he or, uh, he was calling him a Robin and needed his Batman, pretty right. much comparing him to Scotty Pippen. Um, and we both were in agreement that's not the case. He's just young. Give him some time. 
He actually needs his Robin. Um, and I think right now where the Bucks moving forward, I think they, they need to move past the upset, right? They know they have a good um, – they, they have their star, right? And they have good complementary pieces around them. What the Bucks need to do is make sure they lock down Giannis. Uh, Giannis is going to be a free agent at the end of next year, I believe, correct? Uh, if I, not, re- if not renewed. Yeah, I'm not. I think 2021. Yes, I believe. So at the end of next year, right? So they need to lock down Giannis, and then they need to move some pieces around to open up room to bring in to find a way to bring in someone that could be the Robin to Batman in Milwaukee. Batman being Giannis, Robin being whoever that is. Uh, I think that's the next step that they need to take because. While they built a great regular season team and they look absolutely outstanding on paper and they play exceptionally well, uh, you can formulate something to stop one guy and then force the complementary pieces around him to have to play well. Or put the put the burden on one guy and completely shut down his complementary pieces, so now it's basically one on five. They have to figure out something to, to get another big piece to Milwaukee so that Giannis has someone to actually ball out with when it's time to ball out yeah no and 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 it it goes back to in 2020 when we play basketball you have to have perimeter shooting you have to have a guy that can knock down threes contested shots can can keep people honest outside and keep and keeping the defenders on the outside is going to allow Giannis to work in the middle and and Chris Middleton is a great player I think he's underrated I don't think he gets enough respect but he's a mid-range sort of specialist I mean he can shoot the three he's not he's not terrible he's not a terrible three shooter but he's not you know CJ McCollum he's not you know, uh, Steph Curry's not any of these guards that can just, you know, even a guy like a Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, you know, those guys aren't known to be three point shooters, but when they needed to in the playoffs, those guys shot incredible. I think, I think Donovan was like over 45% from three. I mean, that's insane, but that's, that's how you win in the playoffs in 2020. And when the, when the Bucks don't have a guy like that, they only have role players that can do that. I think it really, limits what they can do around Giannis. And 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 when you look at Giannis and you look at like what the Lakers have done with LeBron and AD. The Giannis and Middleton are nowhere close to a pairing of 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 Anthony Davis and LeBron James and that's kind of the issue, right? He doesn't have like a true alpha. You know, you look at these championship championship teams in the past, you have Stephen Clay or obviously KD if you add that in there. The year the Cavs won the finals, it's LeBron and Kyrie, two number ones, right? You've got to have two number ones and Chris Middleton is a number two and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a great player, but he's not a number one and if Giannis is going to do this in the modern NBA, he's going to either... He's going to have to either start shooting 36% from three or he's going to have to get himself a number one. And I think that's what uh, the Bucks need to be exploring to to do this offseason because they're going to waste this opportunity. I know he says he's committed. I know that he says he's here to stay. And I believe Giannis when he says that. I really do. But at a certain point, the team might force you to go somewhere else to win a ring. They might just do that. And if you're the Bucks, you can't come anywhere close to that tipping point. You've got to give him exactly what he needs now. And I and I personally think, Mitch, I think part of this comes back on their head coach. And I like Mike Budenholzer. He's gotten a lot of praise and credit, and deservedly so, but he created some 60-win Atlanta Hawks teams about five or six years ago that couldn't do anything in the playoffs. 
He's shown that he's yeah. a great regular season coach, but he cannot win in the playoffs. And so if you're Milwaukee, not only do you need to evaluate the roster, but I think you need to evaluate there and say, do we have a guy who's going to come crunch time, call the plays and manage the lineups and do what it takes to put us in a position to win? And I, I don't know if Boonholzer is or isn't that guy, but I think that Milwaukee needs to seriously look at that and look at what he did in Atlanta and look at what he's done in Milwaukee. Again, great regular seasons back-to-back and then failed. Last year, it was in the you know Eastern Conference Finals. This year in the semis, you know, to, to, to move on and to get to the finals. And, and is that Boonholzer? Is that a combination of things? I, I think it probably is. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's a serious thing. That, yeah, I mean, Budenholzer has been has been building regular season winners, and it's hard to fire a guy after he's put back to back what would have been you know well put a sixty win season together, and then what probably would have been another sixty win 100%. season. Hundred percent number one seeds um, in the East both years. By the way, it it's hard to fire a guy after that. But like you just said, his history with the Hawks, where it was that was a sixty win team, and nothing's happening. And it's 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 time to maybe even look at it and be like, okay, well, yeah, you build teams that can win a bunch of games in the regular season, but can they win when it matters? Right. And I think that might come I'm not I'm not gonna put Mike Budenholzer on blast here, but it might come down to a leadership thing. You can cr- you can crumble when the pressure cooker turns on. And maybe Mike Budenholzer just isn't that guy. Maybe he's not a great team leader when we when we get to these pressure situations. Um, but I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I just. Won't, I won't completely write that narrative. I just want to throw that out there. I think that if Milwaukee wants to be successful, and I'm sticking by what I just said earlier, they have to get Giannis locked down, and they have to get him a second, a a second number one there. I was just thinking back while you were while you were talking about teams that have won NBA championships where there weren't basically two number ones there and i can't recall too many of them it's very few you look at like that mavericks team from from what like earlier in the decade right with dirt yeah. at the head and they didn't really have i mean they had pieces around him and that was you know that was it amari stratemeyer think- playing way you know playing in his in in his veteran years you know they had they had jj Berea. like i mean it's not <laughs> Yeah, right. They didn't have a star next to Dirk. That might have been a product of really good coaching. Well, and that and and Rick Carlisle again. That was. And I want to bring this up real quick to Mitch because we look at the team that won the finals last year. The Toronto Raptors were a number one seed two years ago and got swept by LeBron in the Cavs in the second round. And what did they do? They fired Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year, and they fired his ass. And they put in Nick Nurse, and what did Nick Nurse do? <laughs> Go lead him to a finals. Now, obviously, he had Kawhi. That surely helps. But look at what Nick, Nick Nurse, Nurse has done best. with this year's team. No Kawhi, you know. And what are they? Second seed in the East right now. They they just tipped off game seven, a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Right? I mean, so De- Toronto made the bull move. Masai Ujiri made the bull move to say we need to get in a guy that can win in the playoffs, and it's it's panned out well for them. And I think Milwaukee needs to look across the border there and say what did Toronto do, and maybe we should be thinking about this. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if Budenholder is or isn't the guy, but I'm saying that they. I think that's something they need to look at and evaluate. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, 
in a in a weird transition question as we transition over to maybe the other series, this Raptor Celtics series, is Nick Nurse the best coach in the NBA right now? Um, I mean, considering the circumstances I mean, and what he's I mean, done in two years, I, I probably I I would say right? so. I, I I mean, I think you could I think that you know yeah, given the circumstances, you lose your number one and you still put your team in this position. Mm-hmm. And they're call, they're clawing their way back, no pun intended, with the Raptor claw. Um, <laughs> they are clawing their way back into this series after being down to Boston. What was it at one at three two? They have clawed their way back to this three three tie, winning last night or winning Wednesday night, excuse me, one twenty five one twenty two in OT. So yeah, now I mean, we have game seven down two zero. Right. And they game seven is tonight. It actually just tipped off. They're in the first quarter right now. Raptors up five to four. It's a real barn burner so far. <laughs> but Dallin, I mean, I mean, look, we we had talked about how interesting it would be to have a Heat Celtics matchup. But the more I think about how well Nick Nurse has coached this team and how this team has resiliency when they're down two zero and they come back. To me, Raptors Heat almost sounds more just as intriguing as Celtics Heat. Oh yeah, I mean, I think both matchups would be incredible. I think all three of these teams are 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 extremely talented and definitely have a shot to not only go to the finals but compete and win a finals. I really believe that. I think the Heat are there, and I think both this Boston and Toronto team, uh, those teams are there. It, tonight is just going to come down to. I think it's the stars. And you look at Pascal Siakam, who has really shrunk in this series. He's he's struggled in the playoffs in general, but in this series, he has not been a number one guy, an all-star, like we saw in the regular season. And it's been guys like Kyle Lowry, the veteran, stepping up, taking on, you know, the responsibility. Guys like Fred Van Vliet, you know, who's continued to play a, a very big role in this team and will be a piece uh, moving forward for years to come. And I, I, you know, and then on the other side, you know, you're looking at Jason Tatum and you're looking at Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker's never won a playoff series until this year. Like, is he, what What do you, what are you doing in a game seven in the second round, right? How bad do you want this? Jason Tatum, I know you're young, but you made an all-star team this year. You're, you're supposedly the guy. Let's, you know, let's see it. This is, this is the time for the stars to shine in a game seven. It comes down to who's the best player on the court that day. And either of these teams can claim that title. Uh, it's just a matter of who steps up for the challenge. And and I think both are coached by extremely talented guys. Brad Stevens is a, is a hell of a coach, and so is Nick Nurse. And I think they're going to have their teams in a position uh, to win this game. It's uh, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to see how it goes. I think it's an incredible matchup, and either one of these teams against Miami next round will again be an incredible matchup with teams that are very versatile defensively that can really move around a lot, uh, don't have the flashy superstars, but have guys that can just work, that can just play, and are playing at a high level in the playoffs, uh, and either one will be a fun to, uh, a fun series to watch. That You bring up Pascal Siakam, and I think this is interesting because – this guy's been around since 2016, but we weren't really introduced to him until last year. Right. That was the year we were introduced to who Pascal Siakam is, is. And I think we're learning with him. And he's one of my favorite players, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Um, one of my favorite players just retired. So I, I, I have to find a new one. Um, so 
Pascal Siakam has kind of become my new favorite player, one of my new favorite players. But we're learning something about him is that he has he's streaky. Yeah. He he's streaky. And you know, we we saw him have an incredible playoffs last year. Um I mean, last year's regular season 16.9 a game. He upped that this year to 22.9 a game. I mean, he's scoring four, you know, was that? Well, sorry, my math's way off. 6 points per game more. Um but he's streaky. And we saw him get really streaky, streaky hot in the playoffs last year. But now he's streaky cold in these playoffs. And you could blame the COVID thing and everything um, on maybe why he didn't come back exactly really sharp. But I think that's that's just him. I think that's just his style of game. Is he's going to have maybe a 20, 25 game stretch where he's he's playing really well. But he might have a 10, 15 game stretch where he's not playing that well. Right, and, and, you, and you can't afford that if he's your best player, and that's kind of the issue I have with Toronto, right? I mean, your best player's got to be sure. game in, game out, a a lock to be on. And he's supposed no, to be their sure. best player, you know? No, I, yeah, I, and I get that. I, but I think there's – I think – and again, I mean, this kind of contradicts what we just talked about with uh, – sorry um, – what we just talked about with with the uh, we just we just talked about him. Gosh dang it! I'm so I gotta look at it again just to remind me who we're talking about. Bucks Heat. Um, we just talked about it in this series. How it, yeah, complimentary pieces for the Bucks around Giannis aren't going to get the thing done. Um, Pascal isn't really that superstar yet. Um. But these complimentary pieces right now around Pascal, if he is the superstar, they are getting it done. Kyle Lowry played great. Fred Van Vliet has stepped up again. Norman Powell played pretty well. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet's um, averaging almost 20 points a game in these playoffs. Leads the team, mm-hmm. by the way. I mean, that's uh, to go with seven assists, almost two steals a game. I mean, he's playing incredible. And, and that's why they're still in this thing, you know, is is him and Kyle Lowry really just carrying these teams. And guys, like you mentioned, Norm Powell, and even an OG Ananobi who hits the game-winning shot, uh, I, I guess it was not the last game, maybe the game before, or maybe it was the last game, but kept them alive. A guy like that coming off the bench hitting a big shot, I mean, they've, they've been able to get production out of the rest of their team in a way that, you know, Milwaukee didn't. But ultimately, like, if this is your guy, like, he's got to dominate tonight. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go to the finals, like this guy's gotta got, got to win you the game tonight, in my opinion. And I, I say that for both Siakam and for Jason Tatum. I put the onus on both those young players who are the emerging stars for these teams to put the team on your shoulder and go win the game. And that doesn't necessarily mean scoring 40 points. You could do that in a myriad of different ways. But you've got to lead this team to a win. And we'll see who's got it tonight. We'll see who wants it bad enough. Oh yeah. I mean, I've and I've also, and I want to, I want to apologize to you, Dallin, uh, because I was talking about minutes distribution and how guys were playing a mass amount of minutes, and you know how that could take a tear, take a wear on a team. I was just listening to Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and Ryan Russillo was on there. He was making an argument how about how not all minutes are created equal. One hundred percent. And you know, there are high intensity minutes, and there are minutes that you just need to get out of your guys, and how these guys you know, they're, they're built to play these minutes. I mean, there was this OT game just the other night with between Toronto and Boston five or four guys played over 50 minutes in that game. Siakam and uh, Van Fleet and Lowry all played over 50 minutes. 
and not all minutes are created equally. And so I've kind of uh, flip flopped on that. So I want to give you oh, credit. For yeah, that. no worries. No, and that's the thing when when it's when it comes playoff time, like you, your best guys got to be on the court. You know, so you got to play those guys however long it takes. And, and and speaking of you know these playoffs, Milwaukee and Budenholzer were, were getting criticized. I, I saw a lot of people, not only you know media but fans on you know social media, talking about playing Giannis more. Like he's the best player in the league. How are you not giving him forty minutes a game? Like he's your best guy. What are you doing? This is do or die. You know, you lose, you're, you're gone. What's the point in saving his legs for a series you're not going to play in? So, I mean, you've got you to gotta be ready to go come playoff time, and that's where these teams are, and the teams that can, you know, win the finals are the teams that endure. It's an endurance. 16, 16 wins. You've got to get 16 wins to win the finals. you got to go through four series, and it is a it is a – marathon it's a journey it's a trek and you've got to endure not only get some injury luck right and then kind of avoid that but also just you know guys being able to play at their max for 40 minutes a game it just is what it is if you're gonna win a finals that's what it means so you know i that's again not to like kind of you know kill the bucks again but you know another coaching no, we error, should kill them. right that could we, we should we should kill the bucks we should kill the bucks right, right. Now because... poor bambi you know just a shame well i was actually bambi's dad i got killed right and, and wouldn't that be a buck that would be a buck right so i'm saying poor bambi like his dad's he's got a dead dad oh i thought you were talking about killing bambi. i'm not saying bambi's dead no i'm saying you he's got heartless dead dead. bastard what are you doing I'm like killing bambi no we're not <laughs> we're not killing baby deers that's just that's just morally irrehensible, you know. Yeah, you you wait till they're mature. You wait till they're mature. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Mitch, let, we didn't talk about Miami at all in that conversation about Milwaukee, uh, and I I want to <laughs> make sure we give them their just due because what Miami has done in this playoffs is incredible. They were a team built to stop Giannis, and they did just that. They stopped Giannis, and guess what? Whether it's Boston or Toronto. It's a team that's built to beat either of those teams as well. Like this team can can defend, can shoot outside, has guys that could just go off. You look at what Goran Dragic has been able to do in these playoffs. He's been an incredible piece that helps them be as successful as they are. You have guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson stepping up, Jay Crowder playing incredible defense, right? On on Giannis I mean, in this series. Talk- I mean, this team, Mitch, I don't know. I'm confident in my Lakers, but I don't know a team that can beat Miami when they're at their best. I, I, I we haven't even seen them stumble, really. They're eight and one. Yeah, I mean, talk about a chip on your shoulder paying off. Jimmy Butler has a huge chip on his shoulder. He was born he's had, with a chip on his shoulder, and he's, he's kept he's it had there a, for his yeah, entire he's life. Had, <laughs> I mean, now look, the way he left Minnesota, eh, he might have got, he might have crossed the line cross the line leaving Minnesota that way but having a chip on your shoulder and then having a good enough team around you and trying to make this run turns out that's eh, not a bad combination because you beat teams you probably on paper should not be beating so props up to the heat I mean and then you have guys like Tyler Hero um 
I'm, I'm blanking on some names here. Bam Adebayo, Gorgon Dragic, you oh, mentioned Bam Duncan been, Robinson. And, and again, Bam is the defensive piece that they thought could really anchor the center and and disrupt Giannis, and, and he did the, just that. He's an incredible defensive player who was also an I mean, all-star this year. People like to forget Bam Adebayo was an all-star. So Miami's sitting here with two all-stars, rookies emerging out of nowhere, veteran defensive-minded guys like Iguodala, Jay Crowder. You got a veteran guys at like, point guard even, like Goran Dragic. I mean, this is even a team guys that's like, built to win, right? Even guys like Kelly Olynyk, who was the superstar oh, yeah. of the playoffs three years oh, ago, yeah. that played exceptionally it, it, well in that last game. No doubt. I mean, I mean, he it was fantastic. Both points in 17 minutes. How you can't ask much more from Kelly Olynyk. He was the superstar of that series. Was it three years ago? That he he showed up and was and was fantastic, and he's doing it again in Miami. I mean, this yeah. team. They have guys that show up at the right time. And again, we and talk we talked about coaching, but Eric Spolstra is the one who coaches his team who has won finals and has basically always been successful since he's been a head coach. I mean, he's been with Miami well, for a long time, won rings with LeBron, and they went, you know, post-LeBron, they went through a rebuild, but holy cow, what a rebuild they've done. I mean, to turn this around to an Eastern Conference Finals team after a couple years ago and to kind of you know, put these pieces together. I mean, Crowder, Iguodala were mid-season additions. And to put this team together through the quarantine and come back to Orlando and just play at this sort of high level, there's got to be – we've got to give credit to Eric Spolstra here. I think Eric Spolstra will be the next Phil Jackson. I'm oh. just going to say it. Oh, okay. Wow. Mitch, he, that's he has, hella bold. I'm not going to lie. He has done it in multiple eras with different superstar players. He's done it without superstar players. He's done it with one superstar player. And yet he has always built winners. And even when they haven't won, he has found a way to bounce back immediately from it. Eric Spolstra could be the next Phil Jackson, Pat Riley type coach that we see in the NBA. Wow. I'm going to call it right now. And that's going to be something that we, you know, something that, you know, we won't see until, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, but I think that's the guy. Eric Spolster is the guy. Yeah. I mean, what he's done is impressive. And I think, uh, even just going to a finals this year is, uh, a big win for Miami. Uh, and I believe too, like if they go to the finals, they sure as hell going to believe they're going to win it. (laughs) Like, and nobody else can tell them otherwise. So, I mean, if I'm the Lakers and the Clippers, I'm, I'd am i be nervous. I'd be nervous to see Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals if they get past this next round. Uh, and I think both the Celtics and Raptors are teams they could beat. They also could lose to those are great teams as well. It should be a competitive series. I mean, we thought Milwaukee was, would got to be competitive, though, and they kind of handled that. So who the hell knows at this point? Right, right. It's crazy stuff. So that's about it for the uh, for the playoffs. Obviously, Celtics Raptors will have the winner tonight, uh, and then Sunday night will be Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami and the team pending from tonight. Uh, Nuggets pulled it out in Game Six and Game Five. Excuse me, Mitch. Uh, so that series is three two. Clippers will have to wait until Sunday uh, for a chance to close out that series. But the Nuggets showing some life here, uh, just like they did against the Jazz. Did we already speak too soon, like twenty minutes ago? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think we didn't. I don't think we spoke. So. I agree. I agree, my friend. So, okay, Mitch. Well, uh, that's about it for NBA playoffs. We'll uh, continue to talk about these as they go on, and we look forward to man. These Western and Eastern Conference Finals are going to be incredible, uh, no matter who makes it there. For being honest, uh, and uh, I'm I'm just excited to watch it. 
Oh no, I'm I'm very stoked to see it. See how this all turns out. So, no doubt. All right, Mitch, it is it is that time, my friend. Oh my God, is it that time? It is that time, for the first time in a long time. It's time to give some NFL picks. Let's go, baby! All right, Woo! so we're gonna we're gonna start with Thursday night, which already happened, but we made picks before the game. And uh, no surprise, Mitch, I assumed we both took the Chiefs, right? We we did. We both took the Chiefs, yes. And the Chiefs, I got to say real quick, I don't want to talk too much about the game, but Chiefs looked good as always. Uh, Texans did not. So that's that's about what I took away from that. Yeah, I mean, what I took away from it, I was actually looking at individual players because I knew this Chiefs team was just going to blow them out. I mean, this was... This this was an easy well, and they didn't really even blow them out, but it was still a two score game. I mean, they kind of did. They scored thirty one unanswered points. Like it's not as close as the final score, if we're being honest. I I guess if you could look, yeah, you could look at it that way. You could. Um, I mean, did you watch it? Because it didn't look that close I, throughout, I, man. I'm I just did saying. Wa- I did watch it. No, there was it was sloppy football by Houston. I I get it, but you know I can't class. It, it, I guess it just depends on you know how you look at a blowout, how, how you know what you look at it for a blowout. But I think there are some positives to take away from this. David Johnson looked actually kind of explosive. He he looked like he had an extra pop in his step, um, and uh, that's really great to see because I think he's a tremendous talent, and I and I and I really like seeing him. Eleven for seventy-seven uh, and a touchdown. He also contributed to the passing game a little bit. Three for thirty-two through the air. Um, I and I'm not say I'm not trying to justify that tr- the Deshaun Watson trade at all, but at least it looks like he's back to David Johnson, uh, at least back to some form or some quasi form of David Johnson from three years ago. He he doesn't look like he's a, a slowed down veteran now. He, he he looks like he still has a lot left to give. Yeah, well, they better hope that's the case because if they're going to win this year and they're going to be a successful playoff team like they need that right they they need him to to be to be good because obviously they lost a huge weapon on the offensive side of the ball with deandre hopkins and the guys that they got to replace him mitch brandon cooks randall cobb didn't really do much two catches for each for about 20 yards and that was it it was all will fuller and a little bit of David Johnson on the ground, and obviously sloppy game for them. But uh, I mean, they're going to need David Johnson to be a, to be top notch if they're going to have if they're going to win their division and, and even be a playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't that think Deshaun o- could just carry them, and that, that defense is not line, that good. That offensive line looked really bad too. Deshaun was constantly on his back footer. Mm-hmm. He did jump passes probably five or six times that I could recall, right. um, where he was just under pressure and he had to jump pass. I mean, that was the only option that he had. He was that offensive line just looked absolutely terrible. No doubt, no doubt. So that was uh, Thursday night, Mitch, and let's uh, let's dive into the picks here for the rest of the week. So we're going to start off. We've got Sam Darnold and the New York Jets traveling upstate to take on the Buffalo Bills. And Mitch, I got Buffalo in this game. I'm very high on them this season. I think they come out with an emphatic win. I'm going to say like 30 to 10 would be my guess. Just an emphatic win over the division rival uh, and, and and a chance to assert their dominance early in the division. Yeah, I am on board with you. I got Bills over Jets as well. The Bills, man, this is 
we're both high on him. We're both high on him. So let's just keep Bills Nation rolling. Jump through as many tables as you can, Bills Nation. <laughs> Jump through all the tables. I don't care. The Bills are going to be a fantastic team this year, and they're getting off to a good start this week. I'm going to say something similar to what you just said. I'm going to say 38-13 Bills. All right. Um, following that game, another Sunday morning game, 10 a.m. on the on the West Coast, 1 p.m. on the East Coast. We got the Packers. They're leaving Lambeau Field to head over to Minneapolis to play on the take on the Minnesota Vikings. Look, Skull Nation is not present, and that's one of the tough places to play when Skull Nation is there. Skull Nation ain't there, and Aaron Rodgers, I feel like he's coming into this season playing a little pissed off that they took Jordan Love in the first round of the draft. Give me the Packers. All right, I think this game's probably pretty much a coin flip. I think they're both pretty good teams. I'm going to take Minnesota uh, in this game at home to start the season. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I think this game's a pretty, pretty much a coin flip. I think you could go either way. Uh, both should be competitive teams uh, this year. But I'm gonna take the Vikings in this matchup. We'll go to the NFC East next. The Philadelphia Eagles traveling over to the Washington Football Team, and the Washington Football Team are gonna be bad this year. So I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Pretty easy. That's that's about all I got. With the name like Washington football team, you can't win too many games. So I got to take the Eagles as well. I mean, look, they're just going to be bad. Washington's going to be terrible. And yeah. Philadelphia and have- Philadelphia ain't going to be that bad. In fact, I picked them to win the division. So let's go Philly. Fly right. high and, Eagles. And when you have, you know, abbreviation for your team of WFT, I think they should probably change it around this year to WTF because I think they're going to be really bad and they're going to be asking them themselves that a lot uh, come second halves when they're down multiple scores. That was a horrible joke, by the way, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, well, but no, I just it's okay. To we could, what it, WFT? Um, if you make what the as one word, so what a, I mean, and then the F stays the same, but you have to reuse the T. So you could go, what a fuck team, like. <laughs> What are you doing? And that's sure. exactly, I think, what fans are probably going to be saying a lot about why. I think that was worse than my joke, Mitch, if I'm being honest. I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation <laughs> now. That's all I'm trying to do. All Let's right. move that's on to the say. AFC North. Uh, Low-key, one of my favorite matchups that we have. I oh, love no this matchup. This is actually going to be kind of a fun one, I think. We got the Browns. They are leaving the comfy, cozy, uh, worst vacation destination in the nation well okay i won't let you disrespect cleveland ohio here we talked about this we talked about this last i love cleveland it's a great place with great people how dare you uh okay well there are worse places to vacation like cincinnati i don't think people are going to vacation in cleveland let's just put it that way uh cleveland the browns are leaving to head over to baltimore to take on that stout Ravens team. Look, th- I think this actually this could go one of two ways. This will be a shootout or a defensive matchup. Um, I could see it going both ways. I don't think this is going to be a blowout, but I think you can give the Ravens this one a very handle win, handily win. Um, I'm going to say a two score game. Uh, give me the Ravens over the Browns. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the Ravens in this game as well, though I do think the Browns will be good, and, and you would hope in opening – uh, their opening game against the Ravens that they at least show signs of life, right? They at least show competitiveness, even if they lose this game, which they obviously should, right? But you want to, we, we, we hope to see something from Kevin Stefanski in this first year uh, with this Cleveland Browns team. So Mitch, you know where we're heading next, my friend. Oh my God. We're heading to the swamps of Jacksonville. Woo-hoo! We haven't heard and- that one in a while. It is. It feels good, man. It feels good. And Uncle Rico awaits the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm high on Indianapolis this year. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're getting overlooked. This is an easy game for the Colts here uh, over the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to call this my garbage game of the week. Oh, this is the garbage game of the week, huh? I think so. Do you think so? No, I disagree, but let's 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 hear it though. We got to get the sound. Get the sound in. This is just this is just hot garbage. Straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. Yeah, I think this is the garbage game of the week because I think this is the easiest blowout. Um I okay. think I think that th- this is almost a, as Bill Simmons would call it, an unwatchable because um no one wants to watch a a 41 to nothing blowout by Indianapolis, <laughs> and I think that's exactly where they're going to be. Now, I don't think it's going to be 41 nothing, but and Gardner Minshew obviously the character that is Gardner Minshew is going to be intriguing to watch um but this game shouldn't even be close um three scores or more give me the Colts yeah no doubt uh following that we're leaving the swamps of Jacksonville and heading over to Carolina down in the home of your Panthers where they'll be hosting the Newly relocated Raiders, the Raiders of Las Vegas. Um, look, I like the Raiders. I like the Raiders. I I don't have them as a playoff team. I actually think I have them as the first team out. Um, but I think that John Gruden is starting to piece together what he wants. Uh, this Carolina Pan- Panthers defense has lost a lot of pieces on there in the secondary. They've Raiders have added some new receiver pieces. Um, I like the Raiders in a close game. All right, you know, Mitch, uh, I think the Matt Rule era in Carolina starts off on a high note here. I think I think pa- the Panthers win in a shootout here. I'm, th- I'm saying like 31-30, Panthers get a win at home, and I think the fan base gets a little bit of hope until it gets crushed in five weeks when we're one and four. So, but I think that, uh, I think here at home against the Raiders, I think they have a shot uh, in what will be a an offensive match. You know, who could score the most points? I think Carolina could keep up in those some in some of those games. And this is a- considering the, the Raiders are a borderline playoff team in my mind. Again, I think I maybe had them as the seven, but they're borderline. Uh, it's not a great team. And I think uh, Carolina could have a shot here. This is a, this is a game there, or I think that, you look at the matchup and you're like, oh, this might be a crap game. But this might be a game where both teams score 27-plus, and it might yeah. get really interesting. This so. should be a fun game. It should be fun to watch. Yes. yes no definitely. doubt. All right, Mitch. Uh, we're, we're heading up to the Motor City, Detroit, as the Bears come into town looking to start off the season on a win. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Mitch. Cue the music here. This is my garbage game of the week. This is just this is just hot garbage. Straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. And it's fitting oh, no. to give this the garbage game of the week when you have a garbage can at quarterback. So that's my only reason for picking this. I don't think either teams are good. I'm going to pick Detroit in this game. 
Okay. That's all I got. Okay. Look, I I have come to the realization that I am the most bipolar NFL Bears fan, whatever you want to call me, probably on the face of the earth. I uh, I'm not happy with the starting of Mitchell Trubisky. I am disappointed that David Montgomery is having some health issues. Um, I think the defense is still stout. I think that we have some good defensive pieces still. The Lions, they're without Kenny Galladay. But Marvin Jones, who has had numbers very comparable to Kenny Galladay, will be in that number one slot. I love Matt Stafford. I think he's a fantastic player. I can't believe I get to say this again, but you got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Bears. We're taking the Bears against the Lions. Let's go, Bear Don. The biggest homer I know. Incredible. Bear down. Stay on brand. At least you stay on brand, Mitch. I can give I'll you nev- that. I'll never waver. I'll never waver, yeah. baby. True. True. <laughs> All right. Following that game where my Bears crush the Lions, we're heading over to Hotlanta. Hotlanta, Georgia, where the Falcons will be hosting the beasts of the West uh, – uh, northwest i was i wow. was gonna say i was gonna say beasts of the northeast but i was like no wait they're they're west coast actually <laughs> where they're hosting the seattle seahawks of the northwest um i got the seahawks in this one i'm not a big believer in the falcons and i think that uh russell wilson is still gonna do russell wilson things and uh i still think that the seahawks can can get this done so i i got the seahawks in this matchup yeah no doubt seahawks in week one atlanta with the new jerseys this year a little update i don't mind them as much when they first came out i was not the biggest fan uh they've warmed on me a little bit i would say um still not the biggest fan still not the biggest fan but they're probably better uh but the new jerseys aren't going to help them <laughs> new jersey not the state the new jerseys that they will be right, 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 wearing yeah. Uh, will not help them against Seattle tons uh, of, on Sunday. Tons of Falcons fans in New Jersey. Yeah. Right. So. Speaking of uh, a team that Falcons fans love to hear about, the New England Patriots. <laughs> the, uh, the next team up here. 23. They will be hosting Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Harvard Jesus, a.k.a. What are his other nicknames? Um... Harvard Jesus. Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic, yeah. Right. No magic for Miami, though, in this game. New England's going to get the win. And Cam Newton's first start, not with the Carolina Panthers. It'll be weird to see, but I'll be rooting for him that day and hope they get that dub on Sunday. You know, I tried to use the Beast of the Northeast uh, nickname there. I think it's eventually going to be Buffalo. But the reigning Beast of the Northeast uh, New England Patriots will be getting the win over the Dolphins in this one. I almost picked the Dolphins for a second because I forgot that Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting for them. I was like, oh, Tua, maybe he comes out and he starts hot. Maybe they figure out a way to beat him in a close matchup because the Dolphins always find a way to beat the Patriots at least once a year. Right. But um, not this time. I, I, I got the Patriots over the Dolphins for sure. Following that game... Let's go to uh, the second most visited vacation spot in America, Cincinnati, Ohio. You boo. As they host the, um, look, I'm done calling the Los Angeles Chargers. They're just going to be San Diego Chargers to me forever. 
I'm you sick can't. and tired of having two LA teams. You can't I just decide to change their name, bitch. That's not how it works. I, I can if I want to. This is a free oh. country, America. Okay. Turns um, out I was wrong. Continue. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, look, in this one, I actually got the Chargers on the road. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to come out. I, I hope that he plays well. I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. Um, but I think the Chargers are just going to be a little bit too much for Cincinnati in this matchup. Uh, give me the Chargers. Come on, Mitch. Come on, you Mitch. You took Cincinnati, didn't you? Give me Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's I mean, listen, too this Chargers, perfect of a name. This Chargers team is not good. Like, they're, I don't think they're going to be good. I don't believe in the Terod Taylor thing. I don't understand this. They're not going to be a playoff team, even if you played well, in my opinion. Eventually, they're going to pivot to Herbert, and eventually, they're going to be like a 3-13 and 13 team, in my opinion. So, I, I don't see them coming out here and getting a win week one, uh, considering all the major injuries that they've had. And I like Cincinnati as a team who will be able to put up a lot of points this year. They won't be good. Maybe six wins. The defense isn't isn't going to be anything to write home about. But I think this offense can do enough to win some games. And I look at this as a game uh, that they they will most definitely win. Yeah, Can't I mean, believe you don't believe well, in him. No, it's not that I don't believe. I just said I it's believe. That damn in Carol him. Baskin killed her husband. <laughs> whacked him. Fed him to tigers. They snacked him. What's happening? Thanks for the TikTok, Carol Baskin. Um, no, I I believe in the Bengals. I do. I I I believe in Joe Burrow. I just I'm I'm taking the Chargers. That's all, baby. Okay. That's all. Right. Oh, that's Charger all talk. Right. Well. Um. All right. Well, we're. Uh, it's my turn. By the way. I'm, Don't try I'm to letting me. you go. I'm okay. letting you go. Thank you. <laughs> well, NFC West matchup here. The uh, defending NFC champ, San Francisco 49ers, start off. Uh, their campaign to return to the Super Bowl and receive and get vengeance for the loss uh, in February. They'll take on Kyler Murray in this very exciting Arizona Cardinals team. Picked up DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of hype around this team. San Francisco gets the win in Week One, but I think this is a this could be a tight game. I mean, I think San Francisco is a better team through and through, but Arizona is gonna gonna challenge some teams, especially in their division. I think this could be one of those games. This is one of those games where it's like an almost upset. It's an almost upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a like a thirty-one twenty-seven, and you're like, wow, I can't believe Arizona almost had it. Yeah, like they're you gonna know? play them tight. I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, but I think the Niners are just gonna run the ball like nine hundred and twenty-seven times this game. Um, <laughs> they and better. Jimmy, I'm starting to Jimmy G's gonna in like two fantasy leagues. Jimmy, so. yeah, and Jimmy G's gonna have probably two pass attempts the whole game, and that defense is just gonna <laughs> do what they do. Um, this could be a this could also be a low scoring affair. I could see. Um, where maybe it's a sixteen ten type deal, um, but I think that the run the run offense of the Niners is too explosive, and um, what Kyler Murray has at his disposal and the talent that he has is also going to be a little bit um, in favor of the Cardinals. So I'm going to call twenty eight twenty four Niners in this one. All right. Following that game, we're going to leave the Bay Area and we're going to head down to the Big Easy, New Orleans. Nolens. Nolens, as they say. Eat me some beignets. Woo, baby. We going out on. go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We going out there on Bourbon Street, baby. We have the Saints hosting the Buccaneers. Dallin, this is our game of the week, right? This is our game of the week, Mitch. Something new. My my first question here is how the hell 
did this game not end up on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football? This should it. This shouldn't. Like we're talking about Tom have... Brady leaving the Patriots to go to Tampa Bay and the Saints in Drew Brees' final season facing off in Week One, and you put Pittsburgh and the Giants and Tennessee and the Broncos on Monday Night. This should have what? been the Monday Night primetime game. This it's stupid. Flip. Flip, it's absurd. De- flip Denver and tight Tennessee. Oh, you know what? You know who's going on the pit of misery right now? Late entrance. Here we go. Whoever the hell schedules Monday night football. <laughs> I don't know the guy, but I agree. That guy, whoever that person is, needs to go. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm seriously, I'm, they're in the pit of misery. Dilly dilly, by Great. the way. Great. Dilly dilly. Yeah, there's no way this shouldn't. This is not in a prime time. But nonetheless, Mitch, nonetheless, who do you got in this game? Um, this game, um, look, this is going to be a matchup of, of two really great teams. I, I love this matchup. This is going to be fantastic. But I'm going to give it to the snake oil man, Tom Brady, in a close Ew. In a close. Oh, come on, Mitch. Close, close game. I know you love the Saints. But I don't. I listen. I don't love the Saints. You I'm a love Panther the Saints. Fan. I can't. You, I no, can't love the Saints. You do though. You love the Saints. I think the Saints are a better team, no doubt. And I think there's overhype for Tampa that it's just going to suddenly work because Tom Brady's there. Like I, I don't. I don't buy that. And in Week One, we're talking about a New Orleans Saints team that's been one of the best teams in the league over the last three years. Well, I'm taking this. They're not going to lose taking to the Tom Bucks. Brady. So I'm taking the Bucks. I know, and I'm taking New Orleans. Fine, take New Orleans. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a close game. 31 30. Be a great game. 31 30. That would be go. incredible. A, a high, a 60 point co- combined affair uh, for the Bucks and the Saints would be would be very fun football to watch. So I am a, I'm a fan of that. But let's go to Sunday night, Mitch. Unfortunately, now I get this one. This one is not as egregious as the Monday night games because you've got Dallas, new new head coach of Mike McCarthy, heading over to the brand new arena in L.A. with the new look Rams and their and their cool new jerseys. I'm actually a fan of these jerseys. I'm I was I was hesitant at first on the Rams. I bought in. I think the Rams jerseys are nice. Uh, so it makes sense. You want to show off the arena. You want to show off the team. I get that. I get that. That's fine. And this is this is going to be a good matchup. I'm actually taking the Rams in this game, Mitch. I know I'm high on Dallas, but I think the Rams are going to be sneaky good. I think teams, uh, we've just dismissed them after going to the Super Bowl two years ago. I, I, I don't know why we've done that. I understand the regression last year, but uh, there's still a lot of talent here and a guy at the helm in Sean McVay who led a team to the Super Bowl. So I, I'm I'm fairly confident in the Rams this year. I think they can make some noise and be a playoff team. So I'm going to take them uh, in the home debut out at uh, so, wait, what, SoFi Stadium. Is that the name? Maybe? I don't even oh, know. No. Alright, you talk, I'm Googling. <laughs> okay. Um, look, I, I was low on the Rams to begin it begin the year. I was, I was right. SoFi Stadium. There we okay, go. Okay, there All we right. go. Alright, SoFi Stadium. Look, I was low on the Rams to begin the year, and um I've kind of pivoted on that just a little bit. Um, I'm still not fully confident with kind of the uncertainty of the of the run game and almost kind of the sloppy piecing together of veteran pieces on the defense. Um, outside of Aaron Donald, I, I, I kind of worry a little bit. But um, that being said, I also am really banking on another Cowboys collapse. 
Because I love seeing the Cowboys collapse. And I love seeing Cowboys fans get all flustered when they start five and one, and all of a sudden they end the season at nine and seven or ten and six in a wild card team, and they're wondering what the hell happened. I'm pulling for the Cowboys to win this one because not because I think the Cowboys are a great team, because I want to see the collapse. Give me the Cowboys. That's just vindictive, Mitch. It absolutely is, and I love it. (laughs) I'm all about it. Oh, boy. Following that, the first. We get a Monday Night Doubleheader this week, Dallin. It's always a good way to start the season. Oh, we love Monday Night Doubleheaders. And the first one, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers leaving the Still City down there in Pennsylvania. Headed over to the Big Apple to take on the New York Giants. I still like Pittsburgh defense a lot. Um, the the productivity of Ben Roethlisberger is yet to be seen. Can we see Juju Smith Schuster bounce back the way he uh, to form that you know to the to the level of what we think he was going to be to the level that we know he's capable of getting at? The Giants really weak defensively, really outside of Saquon. Lots of question marks. Give me Pittsburgh, Mitch. Give me Danny Dimes and the Giants in this uh, one. I, you were low on the Steelers. You were low on the I Steelers. I am low on the Steelers, and I think the Giants are going to win a couple games they probably shouldn't this year, and I think this is one of them on Monday night with the team in Pittsburgh that people are talking about as a Super Bowl contender, at least a deep playoff team. I, I'm not buying it, and I think the narrative gets shook up next week when they lose on Monday night to Daniel Jones and the Giants, and people go, wait, wait a minute. Were we right? I'm not saying they were or weren't. One game doesn't determine everything, but uh, that's that's how I see this playing out. And I think the Giants come out with a lot of energy, win a first game, get the fan base excited. I don't think it's a great year for the Giants, but uh, I think they win this game. I'm taking okay. I'm taking Danny Dimes. Hey, at least you're staying true. You're staying consistent. So No doubt. Yeah, I try. I try. All right, the final Monday night game, the final game of this week, Mitch, is the Tennessee Titans traveling up to the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. To take on the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke, who, if you ask Broncos fans, is the next John Elway. And if you ask everybody else, they go, who's Drew Locke? Uh, I'm going to take the <laughs> Titans in this game. I think they're the better team. I think Denver could do some things this year. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not buying the hype on, on Denver either. I know they're a team that people are like, maybe 9-7, and 10-6. and six, They can make the wild. I don't know, man. Maybe 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight's more realistic there. So give me Tennessee in this game. Yeah, I um I went Denver in this game. Oh, I went Denver in this you're, game. You're sipping the you're sipping the the well, lock the lock Kool Aid. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the advantage of of playing up mile high without fans. I'm gonna take that advantage. I think that's mm. one of the few home field advantages that anyone's ever Lame. gonna have this year. And um, I think Denver has been blessed to be playing at five thousand two hundred and eighty feet in elevation. So, um. I like I like the I like the Broncos in a tight contest. This was almost my garbage game of the week just because it seems like a boring primetime Monday night matchup. Yeah, and it's the second game on Monday night, and I thought the same thing, Mitch, because I was like, I don't neither of those teams are horrible, but like this like we got two like nine win teams on Monday night. This like was, I don't can, know. Can man. we make can, can I just can we just make a can we make this a third one? Yeah, well, we need a th- sure. Why not a third garbage game of the week? Let's Mitchell, go. Mitchell, hit it again, man. This is just this is just hot garbage. Straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. 
I mean, this, yeah, this is just the most boring Monday night primetime matchup. Maybe the whole year. I haven't seen the rest of the schedule, but this could possibly be it. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's it's pretty rough, and it and it begs the question again. We talked about this with Tampa Bay New Orleans. How the hell did that game, or Green Bay Minnesota, or Cleveland Baltimore? You know what I mean? How did any, or even Seattle Atlanta would be a better? I mean, like the nah, let's not get Arizona out of here. San get Francisco. Out of like there are many teams that could have been better. Games that could have been better. There than are a this. lot of good Sunday midday games. Hence why the person who schedules these ended up in the pit of misery. Congratulations to them. Yeah, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Mitch, so that's the picks for this week. We'll keep track of this all season as always. And like we said, we'll come up with a punishment. We're thinking maybe a hairstyle change. I like that idea. And uh, I could probably I could probably do that. But we'll uh, we'll continue to brainstorm and uh, continue to share with us maybe what you think. If you have any ideas, let us know um, through our social medias. Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys. Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. My Twitter at Little Thoint. Mitch, anything else for the people before we dip out of here? Yeah, make sure you go get on, go give us a listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked this episode of the Sports Hour, make sure to go tell a friend. Make sure they can go give us a listen. If you didn't like this episode, I hope the next time that you squeeze a ketchup bottle, the little watery stuff comes out first. <laughs> wow, I like it. What a what a disrespect. I mean, they should. It should be pretty easy. Go on Anchor and leave us a voice message, too, because we want to hear from you. You know, we want to hear your thoughts. Of course. If you got thoughts on the NBA playoffs that we've talked about. After this week, uh, slate of games, uh, you know, maybe maybe we, we would love a overreaction from week one. You send us in a voicemail of you overreacting to one team or one player from week one, and we'll we'll play it here on the next pod, and we'll talk about it. Send those into guaranteed because we do, do want to hear we do want to hear from you. We want to hear your week one overreactions because that's what we will be doing next week. We will do it guaranteed. You send us one, we'll get it on here. Yep, no doubt, Mitch. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your evening. To you all listening, we appreciate you. We love you, and we will catch you next week. Never forget. See ya. See ya.